Hello, folks, and welcome back to Games We Never Play, the RPG exploratory podcast that goes in all the books that you're too afraid to because they are really old and dusty. That's fine. That's what we do. I'm Jameson, your host, GM underscore Mace Online. Let's go around the table and meet our intrepid reviewers who have survived Call of Cthulhu. Mo- sanity mostly intact. So there's that. Let's start with Mr. J. Hi, everybody. I'm Jay Africa, and I played Andrew Kuroda, uh, the drifter of the party and resident um, guy who went gaga, I guess, <laughs> during the course of the game. Now, uh, next, we also have Nikki. Yeah, I'm Nikki Long, and I played Laura Watson, archaeologist and antiquarian who um, had her head buried in book while the fighting was going on. <laughs> You didn't want to see faces transfigure in front of your eyes. You're good. You're good. Um, new thing with Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Mr. Wes. I am Wes Otis. Um, and uh, I played uh, Gregory well- Wels- Wellsworth and a professor. And uh, it was quite fun. Nice. So, yeah, each of you played uh, something kind of different in your own ways uh vagabond professor uh archaeologist more or less uh so a lot of the times we want to go through different aspects of the game and kind of get your feeling on it so character creation how did you feel going through that process or things you liked or didn't like or your general thoughts on it um if y'all don't mind me starting up go for it uh, the the way I the way I quickly judge a game, like whenever I see a book on a shelf or a PDF or something like that, the first thing I'll do is usually flip to the back of the book and take a look at the character sheet. And if it's like super crunchy, you know, if it's it, that tells me one thing about the game. If there are a lot of fields on the character sheet that tells me one thing about a game. If it's pretty bare, it tells me another thing about the game. Uh, when I pulled up the character sheet for this, because uh, the only time I've ever played Call of Cthulhu, it's only been a handful of times, and um, I played pregens. You know, we didn't really create the character so much. We gave him our flavor, but but everything was already there. Uh, there, you know, I see that big skill section. I thought, okay, this is going to be a pretty crunchy game, but it it went quickly. I was surprised at how quickly we were able to build these characters, especially with that. Uh, I can't remember what you called it, Jameson. The the quick jump in. Oh, quick fire. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really handy. Uh, you know, we got everything done quickly and 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 easily, smoothly. I was able to stick to the concept of the character that I wanted. And yeah, I was really surprised at how fast things uh, came together. Yeah. I mean, the game, it does give you the options to uh, be more meticulous on how you yeah. build your characters. Really? Like, that doesn't matter too much, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume that you can probably break down your percentages a lot more, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Normally you would like roll dice for it. And then like, based on what your education score is, you would roll that times four or depends on what your oh, occupation yeah. is. Um, and then you would get a, a pool of points and you could be like, Oh, I'm going to do three points here, five points there, 20 points here. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, well, my, cause like those things like never really came into play. And like, I was a bit curious, but that makes sense. I like. I also liked it that, it, at least with the method we did, it went actually pretty fast for having a lot of looking like a D and D sheet. Almost. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of Pathfinder, but yeah, no, yeah. it Mathfinder. 
Pathfinder, exactly. <laughs> Pathfinder sheet is just so many blocks in it, but this, it has the blocks, but it's actually pared down. You're like, oh, I wish they had more skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does help that um, the sheet we were using automatically calculated some stuff, but even the calculations is just like half and quarter or something or half and like 20%. So even that's not so bad to calculate. Uh, yeah. You can really get into, so I've, I've been playing Cthulhu for quite a while and it it's, I think it's the second oldest uh, RPG out there. It came out in 75, I believe, or 76. And so, um, but they, they, they definitely like made things a lot more streamlined. And if you want to get into the nitty gritty and get down into like this percentage to do this kind of character, you can make whatever character you want, but uh, they don't force that on you. You can get characters up and running relatively quickly. So I enjoyed that part. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's always tricky to build scenarios where you're going to make sure that every single skill or most of the skills for every character are utilized. And with most of those being investigation based, you know, you kind of hope that, okay, let's put in a clue here that's going to rely on their anthropology. Oh, crap, they botched their anthropology role. Shit. And no one else has anthropology. So in that regard, that's kind of one of the issues I run into with, uh, with the system. Uh, you know what? Speaking of the scenario, was this uh, was this a is this a, a pre written scenario, or did you concoct this one yourself? I concocted it myself. I dig it. Cool. I, I um, essentially just ripped off murder on the Orient Express. The, <laughs> but different. The, the characteristics I felt like almost never really came into play. Though so we're always running skills, so I never really felt like. I guess they based some of the other stats after them but like i was like okay like i thought really hard about like what characteristics my character would have and it's just like we never rolled them i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it was just because this one shot or if that's just like how the system works it was more because of the one shot like there are situations where your appearance is going to be very important um and a lot of times they feed into other skills so you know gotcha okay yeah it it really it really depends on on whether or not I know that most of the time, like con roles come into play a lot and appearance roles can be very important, but back to what you were saying about the, so there's this, uh, Mason about the, the, the locked door scenario. Basically it's, you come to a locked door, you miss your role and then the the story ends. Mm -hmm. One of the problems with a lot of the older games this one included is that scenario. Um, there's another system which we talked about off air called uh, Gumshoe, uh, which does fear itself and a uh, trail of Cthulhu, which is their version of call of Cthulhu. And in that game, if you have the investigator skill, you automatically get the clue. They don't. So it's, that's a more modern twist that I sometimes use in my Call of Cthulhu games to kind of avoid the locked door scenario, you know, just because you don't want to like hamstring the the party because oh, they didn't make an archaeology role or whatever. So it's one of the things you can you can modify, but it is definitely there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely a a GM or a keeper trick um, yeah. to if there's something they need to progress the story, give it to them. Yeah. Everything else is bonus. 
but they don't actually do that in this book. Like that's something you kind of have to bring in from outside. Mm. So that's not necessarily addressed in, in this book or this edition. No, not at all. No. No. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. And the thing is like, I think uh, the, uh, the fear itself Cthulhu that came out before seventh edition, which I was like, I'm surprised you didn't, you lifted some mechanics from other systems. Well, you pull that one. The thing about seventh edition, because I was part of this stupid Kickstarter, (laughs) it took like four years for them to get the book together. So more than likely, I I don't know what the, what the timeline was, but I'm sure that when fear itself came out in those games, it might've been too far in the process for them to uh, retcon it in. So it's totally possible. I mean, I think, I feel like, you know, they just add a line of dialogue saying, you know, any important clues, give them to them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, what are, well, you know, what are published adventures for this like too? I mean, is that, um, does that address, are, are they written in ways that allow the players to fail upward or to, you know, give degrees of clues based on the success or the failure of the check? Uh, that you do get degrees of uh, clues based on your check. Um, so you can roll like a, a half success or extreme success or the crit and you'll get more information um, and reveal more behind the curtain as it were as to what's going on. But as far as published scenarios, um, I haven't read too many of them for this edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes, have you uh, taken a look at any? I've, um, I started to run with a group that fell apart, I started to try to run um, Nalarthotep, Mask of Nalarthotep. It's a huge, it's two volumes. It's really big. Um, and yeah, they do, they do have some things in there. Like if they don't pick up on this clue, then they can pick up on this clue. So they, they give you some movements with that. That's so yeah, it That's works fine. Now, something we didn't get into too much was the combats. Uh, with this, normally you would just, whoever has the highest decks goes first. Uh, if you have a matching decks, then it goes to your fight skill, and then that chooses the order of operations. Unless you got a gun. If you got a gun, you get immediately plus 50 to your check, uh, to your <laughs> deck score. So people with guns, shoot first, ask questions later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm seeing like, they cribbed small things from other systems in this. And one of the things I saw was like, Oh, you took this from um, not darkest dungeon dungeon world with the, you're both fighting. And if you succeed, you deal damage. If they succeed, they deal damage, but it's still on your turn. Yeah. Oh, that keeps combat moving. I'm sure. Absolutely. It makes it a lot more deadly. So like, say, you know, you and Nikki get into a fight. Uh, say you're initiating the fight, Nikki chooses to fight back. She's got a harder check to make. Um, but if she makes that check and you don't, you then take damage for attacking her. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, this does seem like a game where combat is not usually the best option. Like if you get into combat, <laughs> things go downhill pretty quickly. Yeah. Something has gone wrong. Uh, yeah. And now you're fighting. Basically, it's like a tiered thing. You have cultists who, you know, are like us, but just, you know, cuckoo banana pants. So they're the ones that 
yeah, that you're going to get into combat with. And then, you know, there's the next tier of like ghouls and, and stuff like that, which you might be able to survive a fight with, with, if you're, if you're well-equipped and prepared for what's about to happen, but most of the stuff beyond that level of like humanoid monster thing, it's not a really good idea to tangle with them. (laughs) You know, we all taste like chicken to them. So (laughs) Yeah, be scared when your uh, keeper lets you have the dynamite and the shotgun and the Tommy gun. (laughs) I kind of like, honestly, I kind of liked, I know we're like talking about the play, like gameplay a little bit more now than character creation, but I kind of like the um, the less, the focus less on combat. It's nice to have that. I I like Little Darkness systems, for instance, and that even can be a little bit more combat heavy than this felt, at least. It could have been, again, the campaign, but. It's, nice no. it's a little bit more focused on other things and it's like you don't have to be like like i built my character without any combat things like at all yeah. and i was totally like, why would an archaeologist lady you know woman in the 1920s like have skills in fighting <laughs> like it doesn't make sense <laughs> so. combat in this thing is very dangerous because even if you're fighting a cultist and you get hit by a bullet that does 1d 10 points of damage you could be almost dead and uh Right. out of the game for a while because there's no healing like in a regular D game or whatever yeah. so combat is not a good thing to try <laughs> yeah yeah well, also, i in particular like you know put more points in magic power just because i put little hints in the backstory that that could be possible but yeah obviously that would be more like a longer campaign thing for exactly yeah. with with magic um you usually don't want to use magic because well yes it does <laughs> cast magic points uh, it also costs sanity, okay. right? So oh, the more okay. you use right. it, the more that's, insane you get. Until you're like, oh, you cool. know what? It makes total sense in this game. I I do want to worship Nihilothotep. I do want to end the world. Let's do this. Why not? It sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, in um, Delta Green, which is a, a shoot off of Dungeons of uh, Call of Cthulhu, they call it, I believe, hy- hypermath. Where it's not mm-hmm. magic, it's just math we shouldn't be trying to do. It's beyond mm-hmm. all math. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Math beyond all math. Yeah. Like concepts man was just not meant to comprehend or human absolutely to comprehend. Yeah. Your That's your cool. small lizard brain is not allowed to try to figure this out. Yeah. And what I like about uh, Cthulhu is it lets you do different time frames if you want. Like if you want to do uh Roman times, they have Invictus. Uh, you know, do the fall of Berlin, you could do that modern day whatever right i i really like the 1920s it's kind of fun to but i mean i enjoyed looking at the slang stuff but (laughs) (laughs) but i you know it's fun to play a different you know again sort of like the combat like i play a lot of D &D and other systems that are more modern or science fiction but it's nice to play something it's like you can you have those options to be like let's do a 1920s game or like let's do like what you said like a romance or whatever you know more options for settings uh, how do y'all feel about the whole age thing? And that just maybe me being sensitive because I'm kind of up in the years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm right there with you in the years <laughs> department. And yeah, like the appearance thing bothered me. Like I, I know I'm not 20 yeah. anymore, but I don't think I have lost 20 points of uh, appearance in my old age now. So yeah, that yeah. bothers me just a little. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's look at folks like, say, Patrick. 
Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. And I'm like, yeah, no, they've actually gotten more like right. Points, they look distinguished. You know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, it felt a little. I mean, all I'm going to say about that is it felt a little dated. But, but yeah. it's that's a nitpicky thing. I, it's, it's, it's interesting it, that kind of play, that kind of you know granularity and, and character building is. It, there's some interesting. You I know, guarantee you, it's in first edition, and they just have never dropped it since they should, first edition. They should make it size. I, I very much feel they should just make that your size gets smaller. You get there. You go. Size yeah. is another yeah. thing, though, that it has its issues because. In the game, your size and your con bases, I believe, your hit points and and whatever. So if, you know, if average is 50%, you know, and and you want to play someone that's, you know, heavy set or whatever, which in modern times we are much more... uh, much more willing to do than maybe in the past. You want somebody that looks like yourself. Um, you don't necessarily want to put a number. It's like in, there's a game called GURPS where they have disadvantages. And one of the disadvantages is, is fat. Nobody wants to pick fat as a disadvantage. They might want to look like themselves, but they don't necessarily want the game to have a mechanic for it. You know, so it's dated. I'm on the fence yeah. about the whole fat mechanic. Like it's <clears throat> I, I can make NPCs and what have you that have that fat disability and that will play into how that works. And it's hard to represent that in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, Cause like, Oh, your size. So you, so you got a 70 for size. Okay. You're big. Does that mean you're tall? Does that mean you're wide? Does it mean muscular? What does it yeah, mean? It mean? Yeah. You know, I guess you can define like what it built. is. Yeah. I guess it's like charisma in D and D that you can be like, well, yeah. you know, I still I have a two charisma, but I still, you know, look pretty. I'm just, you know, not I'm very abrasive person or something. Well, that's yeah. why you could have like a, a seventy for your appearance, and then like a sixty for your size. So you're, you're bigger than normal, but you're pretty. You're very. And pretty. they used to do the age thing in D and D as well. They just dropped yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They dropped it like I think for 3.5. There's no there's no age thing in there. I think 3.5 has it. It came out as a supplement, like it wasn't part of the core book. Ah, uh, so like the second player's handbook or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Like if you wanted it, it's an optional rule, but not something we're gonna force on anyone. Yeah, I I'm I'm for the change in your stats, just not necessarily those stats. Education, yes. Like yeah. Like you get more education. That's cool. But you don't necessarily need to. What if you work out? I mean, uh, you know, what if you're he's a 50 year old who works out constantly and hasn't lost his edge in in that case, then it doesn't make sense to mandatorily make them lose appearance or lose strength or whatever. Mm hmm. You know, I think a simple tweak to that would just simply say instead of losing points on this particular characteristic. It's like choose one characteristic where you lose this much, choose another characteristic where you lose this much. Sort of like yeah. the Tasha's cauldron of everything kind of approach. They can just shape it for your character that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think people should have the the you know, if you are okay and you feel like, hey, my characters lost some edge or whatever and they want to work that into the character that's fine but i don't ever think that it should be a mandatory thing mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i feel you i mean i feel like one way you could definitely game the system as it were is to make an older character um 
who is not a doctor or professor or something. Someone's got a low education score because then they get the three advancements or two advancements of education, which is already right. going to be lower for free. Yeah. So they're more likely to, to get those points. Yeah. 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 And, and I know they're trying to balance it out with the whole, you lose con or you lose appearance or you lose strength, uh, you know, um, so maybe something would be like if you gain X amount of points in education to balance that out, you lose X amount of points in a particular skill or yeah. whatever. Mm. It could I just be something like physical skill. Like you can just choose yourself. I don't know. Right. To be like, you know, choose one of like your strength, your dexterity, your parents. Your well, they do that. You can choose like one of those three and subtract uh a total of five points. Like you can do one point from Dex, one point from Con, one point from Strength. Uh, however, that works for you. So I do have that option there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Where's the age here? Yeah. So yeah, you automatically so you lose ten points. So say you're fifty, you lose ten points mm-hmm. from either Strength, Con, or Dex, or you can split it however you want. Uh, and your appearance. You go down by 20 points, but you can make three improvement checks, which potentially has the ability to net you 30 points. Mm -hmm. But it's a gamble. You could just get like you could advance and get one point each and just get three points. But you've lost 20, 20 points in appearance is is a hit. That's a when you're rolling percentage dice. And, you know, if if you look at like things like if you're tying the trait into the skill, like if, if you're like, Hey, I'm trying to fast talk to someone and you've got a younger player who is going to have their full appearance. And then you are less the appearance. Um, it, it, it does become, it makes it, I know they're trying to go for realism, but it's not necessarily when you're playing a fantasy game, what you're going for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being older doesn't necessarily make you like super ugly or anything. Yeah. Like 20 points. That's (laughs) 20 points. is like someone punched you at some point and your nose is no longer straight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a kiss, sir. (laughs) Yeah, which is interesting. And this, again, this is also dipping into gameplay kind of. It seems like the characteristics are almost um, abstract while the skills are more simulationist. Right. That's what I was looking for to check with 6th edition because I could have sworn they had parallels. So like something that was tied to uh, fast talking drew on your appearance uh, for your base score. They never had that, but they did have things like you were talking about. They had notice and they had knowledge. And I forget what the third one was. There were three of them all together, but there was notice, knowledge and something else um, where you could make more of the ability role as opposed to a, you know, straight up um, skill role. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan of everything, and this is back getting back into gameplay, being tied to spot hidden, and maybe this is just a failing on my side as the GM, uh, as the keeper, sorry. Um, but the idea that I have to use spot hidden, listen, 
these are very low uh, things for you to, to notice something. Whereas I like notice, it was just like, oh, you just happen to see that. And it wasn't too big. It wasn't something hidden. Like the guy in the handcuffs. I wanted to be like, oh, yeah, you just notice he's wearing handcuffs. No one's hiding it. Mm. Yeah. And it goes back to the 3.5 D&D of just having a little bit too many skills and things. I mostly like the amount that they have here, but some of them are like maybe. Yeah, so I was like, I kind of wish they had more skills. <laughs> really? That's always a balancing act, though, because I mean, like, yeah. They do have they do have empty spaces, I guess. You could just write in things. I know some characters, there's one, two, three, four, five. So. In a lot of the games, um, in a lot of the... Um, pre-gen games they have npcs who have things like you know uh chewing bubble gum is some some weird like <laughs> thing that they've given them a percentage for because it might come up in the game but it's something you would never think <laughs> like mm-hmm. ridiculous so superpowers of, yeah that's like on the player to figure out how to exactly use that chew bubble gum skill right right exactly yeah. well just something where it's like okay i your perfume uh, thing in the game. Yeah. I wanted to have a way for you to do that. And I'm like, you're not going to spot this perfume. You know, you're going to smell it. You're going to notice it. Like, what would you use? Survival? Is there anything I could yeah. do? Not really. Track? No, that's not going to be it. So I didn't feel like I had the, the right square peg for my round hole. So right. take that as you right. will. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Um, I thought it was entertaining. It, it, uh, because you know the skill lists of the games that I've been playing recently aren't quite this expansive. I mean, it is it is neat how granular they can be. Like when, uh, what was it? Oh, I was trying to grab that bottle, and I thought it was going to be a stealth check because you know, fifth edition D and D and and so on and so forth. And then you pulled out sleight of hand, which D and D actually also has. <laughs> so I don't know why I forgot about it. <laughs> But but yeah, okay. I, I went from my 60 stealth to my 10% sleight of hand, and you know that changed entertainment it. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no like correlation between the two. Like, yeah, you're great at stealth, but you, you don't have that manual dexterity. I'm like, I feel like they yeah. should be linked in some way. Like if you got a high stealth, you're gonna as a derivative strat stat may have a, a an improvement on your sleight of hand. Well, I mean, a lion is very uh, graceful and and can sneak up on you very easily, but he's not going to be able to start your car. So. <laughs> right, that right. is true. Yeah. I don't have to worry yeah. about parking my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, playing games. The the biggest problem with the m- even more skills is the fact that you run into you you have all these points to put into all these different skills and like one like going back to GURPS because it has the most ridiculous amount of skill slots ever like writing is one of the things it's like okay is this is it going to help the story and is it going to push things forward in some cases sure but sometimes underwater basket weaving is not going to be important (laughs) you know so that's true but then when you got to catch Cthulhu in a basket under the ocean, I mean, you're going to wish I you had it. I should have took it. <laughs> I should have took it. <laughs> so does anyone else have any other thoughts on either character creation or gameplay that you want to dive into, share? I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. I think so, too. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, one more thing. I like how everything can be a threshold, can be a difficulty threshold. You know what I mean? That's kind of handy. So if if somebody needs to make a strength check or roll against somebody else in a post check, well, you just use the strength score. You know, you're you're already using your skills as the threshold for success. Um, you're using your sanity, which goes down, and your um, your luck, which goes down. That's 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 kind of handy and 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 you know fun to use. So you know, um, you, you roll your point. sanity, and if you fail, wait, what was that? I said that was that is a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that you know the stakes. Like you know, you're not just burning your sanity points. You're also knowing that that the lower your sanity gets, the harder it's going to be to make that check. Mm-hmm. You know, so not that's going to be that's so lucky. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a that's a really nice refreshing mechanic. That's a nice uh, efficient mechanic. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Given all of your experience, given the one shot, given the character creation, uh, we have a four rating system on in the game. We do have a secret fifth, but we don't use that except when we're playing Witcher. Um, there is avoid it, play it, run it, or own it. Uh, and uh, with Witcher, it was deleted, but oh, that's yeah, I heard I've heard that about Witcher, so <laughs> the RPG, the, the not the, the tabletop game is awful, the video game, wonderful. No, I know it was the tabletop that you guys were. I heard when you guys ran that that it was not the, the best. Serious, pretty dang good too. So bad, yeah. Um, so, Call of Duty Seventh Edition. What would you give it? Let's start with uh, Mr. Wes. Well, I mean, uh, own it definitely. I've been playing it for a very long time now, and it's a it's a great system. It is very streamlined and it's easy to jump into anybody can jump into it quickly you don't have to know a lot uh for the gm to or the keeper to get you up and going it can be a lot of fun uh one shots are great as well as campaigns know that it's not going to be like dungeons and dragons where you're going to go from level or anything like that the you can play a year-long um call a cthulhu game definitely um but um, the, you're not going to retire with a castle. You're going to retire in a sanatorium somewhere, uh, you know, that kind of thing, but it is, it's a lot of fun. So I would definitely own it. Nice. Nikki, where do you fall on this spectrum? I think I put it in a run it. I like to have a refreshing kind of like different. So I'm like that sword and sorcery or science fiction or whatever games and i like having something that was really combat focused um and i like that you you know retire in a sanatorium instead of having <laughs> a god <laughs> so if you're exactly lucky. like that yeah so i would i could see like because i've only played one shots this but i could see this being some more one shots or a full campaign i could see that it could be really interesting or really exciting so i would totally I think there's a wealth of possibilities with um, the various like 1920 settings and like the various time periods, modern, pulpy, you know, stuff you can do. So, but I would definitely say run it. I don't know if I would like go and buy all the books and everything for it, but I I could definitely see buying a campaign or playing in campaigns of it. So, yeah. Mm. Nice. And Jay, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with Nikki. I would definitely say run it at the very least. Um, I have uh, 
played a game in which the players really didn't know what to expect. And so tonally, it ended up being a little more like Three Stooges meets Doctor Who instead of Cosmic Horror. Uh, and so I would say play it, uh, but I think to kind of get a sense of really what, what the game is about, run it and see sort of how you feel about it. Uh, I, I I enjoyed this game. Uh, I uh, do want to learn more about like, you know, the Cthulhu mythos. And so I, I, I would, uh, if, if you enjoy it, you know, then sure, dig in, buy the books. Uh, but but take a look at it, give it a run, uh, see if you can get some folks and, and make sure you let them know kind of what they're getting into and sort of what the tone you're going for is. Because if I'd known that it was going to be three, you know, three Stooges meets, meets Doctor Who, then fine, I would have played that way. But I was really kind of going for the gritty cosmic horror, you know, feel. Um, yeah. And that 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 was just totally a little dissonant at the time. So, uh, yeah, I'd say run it, and if you like it, you know, dive on in. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, I definitely fall in the own it category. I enjoy the mythos. I don't enjoy the author, of course, but I like the mythos and I like the world that it's created. Um, and I think there is a wealth of versatility in the system itself. Sure, there are some things that need to be house ruled, like you know. Uh, locked doors as a uh, west pointed out but it's now beyond salvaging unlike other systems which we're looking at you um yeah so own it that's where i fall go buy that book and play that game so i have been your host jameson gm underscore mace online uh, let's go around the table where can people get more of each of you let's start with jay Hi, everybody. This has been Jay Africa uh, playing Andrew Kuroda, the drifter of the party. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Africa. You can find me on Instagram at Transplant Asian, where I post, you know, pictures of my gaming exploits and my uh, my kids and my other adventures around the Los Angeles area. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm there pretty frequently, so if you want to hit me up with a PM or anything like that, that's probably the best place. And you can find my work on the DMs Guild. Just search for Jay Africa, and you'll find the adventures that I've written there. Wonderful. Nikki, where can they get more of you? Yeah, um, Nikki Wong, and I was playing Laura Watson, um, Aquitarian and archaeologist. Um, and um, mostly you can find me on Twitter at Nikki Wong, W-A-L-N, and I write game reviews for GameCritics.com, so you can see some several of those on their website, GameCritics.com. Um, and then I pop in here on this podcast and shows once in a while, so check it out. Check other check other games you never played stuff out content out. We're in the uh, Overarms episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was out. That's a new game from Rookie Jet Studios. Super fun. Very fun. Uh, has a lot of potential that system. And Wes, where can they get more of you, sir? Uh, you can. I'm Wes Otis. You can find me at Plate Games uh, on Twitter. You can find my uh, sound effects and uh, tabletop RPG sounds on Drive Through RPG and BattleBards. You can also find me on Twelve Sided Stories Twitter. It's the number twelve and then Side Stories, or just look up Twelve Sided Stories dot uh, com for our website. We do all sorts of games. We've done Call of Cthulhu, we've done Fate Core, we've done um, 
God, the vampire. We're, we're just getting done with vampire. We've done gumshoe. So there's a lot of different stuff on there. If for, there's something for everybody. So take a listen. And uh, thank you for having me, by the way, Mason. I appreciate it. You yeah, are yeah, always welcome, all of you. I love enjoying and playing with you all because you all are great. So yeah, if you want a great game, Mason. <laughs> well, well, the jury's out on great, but yes, a game. <laughs> Uh, yes, if you enjoyed the show, uh, you can always help support us by either going to Patreon and backing us there or going to uh, DiceEnvy.com slash GWNP using GWNP at checkout for 10% off. And that just helps us. And you get some shiny math rocks because you need them in almost every game that you play. So hope to see you all next month for our new game and uh, new world. You take care. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, folks. <laughs>